They told me for years there was no money in podcasting. Well, they were all wrong. This is an ambiguous podcast solutions original podcast. A podcast years in the making. Centered around You're listening to Talking with Tarasha. With your host and founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, Will Tarashuk. Join Will and his guests as they talk about anything and everything under the sun. Now, without further ado, let's do this. Yes, I know I have gray hair. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the the biggest podcast solution. I got to watch my mouth. This is Talking with Tarashuk, the podcast for myself, Will Tarashuk. The Tarashuk is in the title talks to anyone I find genuinely interesting in the world, this crazy, crazy world we live in. And today I am talking to a life coach by the name of Mike James. He is a certified life coach, author, and the creator of the Secrets of a Life Coach audio series. That's probably why I thought I was the biggest podcast solution. It's so close to a podcast, but it was featured on NBC, CBS, Fox, and WCCO Radio. The stories are transformed transformational and show people how to get out of their mental cages and that they've, that they've put themselves in the stories open that cage door by, by showing that we are the cage and the key to get out. The stories are entertaining to learn from, and you've never heard anything like this. It's fun, self-improvement. Mike, I hope I said that correctly. I hope I summed it up perfectly as you would want me to welcome to the show, my friend, and I'm very excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Will. Nice to meet you too. You as well. This is going to be a great time. I enjoy, t- I enjoy talking to life coaches because there's so many out there, but there's, they're so different. All of them are so different. I've talked to college life coaches. I've talked to business life coaches, entrepreneur life coaches. So where do you fall on the spectrum? Well, first off, what made you want to become a life coach? So tell everyone your backstory, your origin story, who you are, where you come from and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sounds good. So um, I live in Minnesota. Uh, a suburb outside of Minneapolis, probably 20 minutes northwest of there. And I grew up about 10 minutes from where I live now in a sleepy little town called Champlin. And uh, a couple of reasons why I want to be a life coach. Um, As a child, I was kind of taught by my family, um, not purposefully, but just in how we interacted with the world to put a bright, shiny face on and do things for other people and be really giving. Um, and that could take a toll on somebody um, when they're going through stuff. And I was a bit of a depressed teenager struggling with my sexuality. And because of that, I did uh, a lot of drugs, drinking, going to raves, doing things that I thought were cool. And, you know, I just didn't care. I just didn't, um, I'm a cool guy. Like nothing really bothers me. But when you're self-medicating, obviously something is is bothering you there. And um, to a point where it got, you know, kind of like really scary in my 20s. There's three times I pinpointed that I could have almost died from um, eating too many pills, whether it was Vicodin, um, Percocet, and then one time 12 of my friends Xanax uh, on a vacation with friends in L.A. And, um, And I realized that I had been hiding for a long time behind this guy who had all the the quick wit, the jokes, the life of the party. And then, um, and I also start, and after that I started doing the work and said goodbye to a lot of friends and started really working on myself to see what's underneath all of the masks that I put on that everybody has different masks they wear around people. 
Um, especially men, I think men are taught to, to put them on to hide emotions, yep. to be manly, to follow a certain set path. Yep. Um, and then during that time, I always had people interesting as I just told you how I approach things. I think they saw me as so easygoing and just, um, you know, didn't really ca- have a care in the world that they would come to me for advice. So when people would talk to me, I would hear about the ways that they hid. So I found a life coaching school that I joined and had learned all these skills and tools to really pull someone out of themselves with really like almost like peeling back an onion, like knowing that they have their own answers, peeling that back with really powerful and clever questions. And um, again, started realizing how we all hide. And even while asking those people, those questions on my own time and in my own quiet moments. And when I would meditate, I started asking myself those same things. So I went on a like we all are, everything's a journey, but I went on a journey of self-discovery that um, there were times it was super enlightening. There were times it was um, achingly sad and scary. And, you know, cause once you start changing the things and people around you change, yeah. um, but then you start to see the good things show up when you, when you peel off the bad. I don't think we should ever really chase things. All we have to do is take off the things that don't work for us so that life could recognize you and, and, start giving you the things that you need. Hence these stories started coming in, in 2012. So I started writing those, uh, by 2014, I was developing a book with, uh, animations. So it was like almost like an animated book, um, and like illustrated. And then someone asked me one time, you know, why do you always read the stories to me instead of letting me just read them? And I said the, uh, what felt like uh, a terrible statement at the time, cause I didn't know the work ahead of me. Um, and I was confused. I was like, I feel like they have to be heard instead of read. And then began the journey of like, all right, life, show me what this means. I know nothing about recording. I don't know anything about sound effects. I don't know like how much money this would cost, but then the people started showing up as I started to get really grounded and that was the way forward. And now here I am three albums later and there's going to be seven or eight in the series. Um, super, super excited about the work I do. And it just fits perfectly to who I am as a person and how I coach. I love storytelling, even when I coach to get a, to open up someone's mind into a different perspective or a different thought process versus just telling them like, here's what you need to do. I I absolutely don't coach that way. And, um, it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. Well, you're lucky because you have a great voice. You have a, you have a great, a great voice for radio. It's a very unique and different kind of voice that just it works it's like okay i'm gonna li- i got i need to listen i need to listen to this guy's gotta say just by the voice like me i talk too fast and i mumble that's my that's my problem um so i eight part series do you do you write all the things yourself you like write everything I yourself See? yeah i do i've had one person edit one story because um at a time the ideas were just coming fast i'm like does this story make sense so i had my best friend who's an editor edit that one but other than that i i write them and vigorously edit them and then yeah and thank you for the compliment on the voice i never considered myself having a good a good voice not why i got into it but i just couldn't have somebody else you know record these stories it had to be me you but have to you. no you definitely have to me because you're 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 a life coach right you are a brand mike yeah. mike james is a brand like a secrets of a life coach is definitely a brand but you yourself are a brand like you're speaking directly to these people it has to come from you it has to it's like, you know, when a CEO does an interview about his company, he has to do it because, or she has to do it because it's their company. It's them. Right. It's their voice. Um, so there are plenty of life coaches out there, like, you know, finance, exercise, business, everything I've said it before. Where do you fall on the spectrum? What is, what is your specialty? Like, what do you coach people? 
Do you focus on one or two categories? Do you keep it broad more to what the person wants? Uh, I love the question. And first of all, I like your East Coast voice uh, yourself. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, born, <laughs> born and raised in Braintree, Massachusetts, South Shore, Boston. My mom grew up in Quincy. My dad grew up in Jersey. So I got the New York, the Boston, and people think it's British. So riddle me that. So I got, sure. I got, I got a little bit of everything. That's funny. I wouldn't have guessed British myself, but I could hear the East Coast. Um, it's there. If like if you get a few drinks in me, the Boston really comes out. Or if I get really excited, it's like, oh, who works for you? It's the yeah. The yas come out. So yeah, I have yeah. the accent. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll send you a bottle of wine. I want to hear that someday when oh, you're God. drinking. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, well, so I, um, I basically, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that tell people what to do that you know, we'll study a certain book and then elaborate off of that and figure that's the one way that people should be going. And, um, you know, no matter what direction we go, we're always, you know, like wherever we go, wherever we travel to, we're just looking for ourselves anyway. So I start, if someone comes to me, like I have a dream I want to focus on, I want to focus on this business. I had a hard childhood. I've been feeling depressed. I I will take them on as clients. And then um, it always seems to come to, like really looking at the emotions that they've been hiding for a long time and really freeing themselves from whatever traps they've set. Um, you know, you, you and I talked a little bit before this call about the cages that we put ourselves in. Um, oftentimes we're taught how to, how to appear, how to walk through society to normalize our experiences on the outside. Um, and those are cages that we set, but you know, we are, we put ourselves in the cage. We are the actual cage and we are the actual key to get out. Yeah. So um, do you want to hear an example of what I mean by that? Well, let, let me, let me take a shot at it because that, yeah. that is what stuck out to me the most, which was just like, okay, I, I need to ask a bunch of questions around this because this is what I find the most interesting. The, the idea of that we build a cage for ourselves. We are the cage and we also are the key to unlock. And maybe in some case, take a sledgehammer and destroy the fucking thing. Right. So, it's my thing is the cage comes from self doubt. The cage comes from everything you think you can't do. And the key is the act of saying, no, I can't do it and actually doing it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, there's, uh, I read in a book once there's studies on animals that when they're captured from the wild, let's say a monkey or a, a tiger, uh, they're captured from the wild, brought to a zoo and they're put in a cage. Yeah. And oftentimes when the cage door is left open, we think that, oh, the animal tries to escape. It tries to go far. But what it does, it stays either on or really near the cage. So if something gets scary or something threatens them, they, they can run back in the cage they for the safety. Right back in. Yep. When the option is freedom, the huge universe. And we're so used to having and maybe being taught uh, to develop these smaller worlds, keep ourselves safe, keep all the people we know around us, all the situations comfortable that we don't venture too far from that. And I have to tell you that I understand it. I did that for a long time myself. So I'm not a person that I don't pretend, pretend I'm an expert in anything other than really working on, you know, my own key and burning down my own cage and seeing what's out there. And I'm not saying I do it perfectly. There's things that are scary. There's things that are tough, but I want the real life, the real freedom that we're all, that we were born into before we were taught uh, what types of cages to build by probably our parents and family at first, then kids at school and then society in general, and then just a bunch of cages hanging around each other. It, I mean, it's, we wonder why it's, yeah. it's hard. Change, change is hard. 
and you know, yeah. you you can open one cage and go right into another cage. Like you know, for for example, for me, like you know, I started this company in Biggest Podcast Solutions. That's going at that's a cage. It's a hard cage to break out of. But at the same time, you know, there are other opportunities. I'm just I'm not taking because I want to do this so bad, right? I want this to work. This is what I want to do. And sometimes you know, these opportunities are huge and could change my life. But at the same time, it's just like you know. I don't, I don't, that's not what I want. So it's, it's surprisingly easy to turn away from that change. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like what I'm doing here is so comfortable. These podcasts are so comfortable for me. It can be kind of hard to venture out. So I guess how, how do you, how do you break comfort and break out of that cage and try something new? Yeah. Um, so if I was to, I mean, this is why I write the stories to help people get out of them. And there's a story on the third album called just, it's about a snowflake and the cloud that it's coming from says like, you remember what I taught you, right? Just melt, just melt into whatever you're supposed to melt into. And he's watching all the other snowflakes that dive for the safe, um, oceans and lakes. And one that sits in a tree, like I'm not going down to the ground. I don't know what happens down there, but so the contrast between being safe and, letting yourself melt into it. But I would say when I'm coaching somebody, what I do is if someone's scared, if someone's feeling depressed, if they've got a anger in them, um, nervousness, things like that, I will pull them instead of giving them tools to move around that. And I don't, I'm not a motivational coach because motivation is like a drug. You take a little hit of it, feels good for a while and then it wears off. Yeah. And I pull themselves. Yeah. yeah. And I pull themselves, not that you and I have ever, smoked weed or anything, but, um, never, but I, <laughs> never, I don't, right. Can you smoke in here? Um, but, <laughs> get, get out the window, out the window. <laughs> right. Oh, my window. Right. But I will say, you know, like to, to pull themselves into that feeling, what usually happens is they'll like to feel that anger fully, to feel that sadness fully, to feel that, um, sometimes it's loneliness when they feel that fully, they're actually naturally moved out of it. But we, uh, you know, we're not taught to, process our feelings often you know not saying everybody but most of us aren't taught to process our feelings and i always say you know when we hear when someone starts crying in front of us typically we hear like i'm sorry i don't know where that came from when like me as a coach and even as a younger kid i'm like no cry that's the stuff that's really there that's the person i want that's what's really going on so really like it sounds strange like if you're feeling a bunch of anger it's not just oh you know say some mantras to yourself take a nice walk. It's like, sit your ass down in total quiet where there's no distractions and feel all the way through that anger. Mm -hmm. Like a pot of boiling water, it'll boil up and out. And it might boil for a while. Depends on how much water is there. But the end result is it evaporates. It doesn't boil forever. And it's so true with all the things that we're avoiding oftentimes. So don't, not avoiding them is the big piece. Like sometimes you just got to feel what you're feeling because, you know, all feelings are temporary. No feeling is forever. They come and go, they ebb and flow, but you guys sometimes got to feel what you're feeling. And I tell this to some of my close friends all the time, like, listen, never apologize for your feelings because yeah. you're feeling what you're feeling for a reason. Sometimes you can't, it, you, you can't control what you're feeling. You can only control how you react to those feelings. Right. And we're talking about cages. So oftentimes our thoughts like, oh, this person did this. I'm angry. Like, nope, can't be angry. So there's two cages you built. You have the cage of the thought, whether it's true or false. Then there's a the cage of you don't, you shouldn't feel that way. But to get yourself out of the cage, like, whoa, 
I'm angry, so I'm going to bring this anger, if it's at a level 7 out of 1 to 10, bring it all the way up to a level 10 and just sit in it. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't go away. You move through it. And anything you cut in half, you have two smaller pieces. Yeah. Cut that in half again, there's four small pieces. You keep going until you have crumbs and little pieces. And, and you had said, like, the, the feelings are temporary. They are, but unless we sit through them, like, they pop up temporarily, but unless you, we deal with them, They'll just sit and wait for you. And yeah. sometimes it comes out in the form of cancer. Sometimes people have stomach pains. Sometimes people like men oftentimes have tons of back pain and hip pain because we store emotions in our, our backs and hips and our body is like, our body is basically telling us uh, like the check engine light, like this is how it's, it's not, this is where it's residing and not coming out. All right, so so with all that said, we have the we have the philosophy of the cage down. I love it. I wish I came up with it, but I didn't. You did. Um, so what are your clients like? What do you look for in a client? What do they look for in a coach? Like, what do they typically struggle with? Um, so yeah, talk to me about the people you work with. Yeah, I mean, I work with all types of people in here, all types of situations. Sometimes when you press the button on something important with an important question or a really deep question, you never know what you're going to get. You get some very big surprises, but. Uh, you know, like I said, I'll work with anybody, but my ideal client is someone who tells me they've got this really big, great spiritual side, um, whether it's a religion, whether it's God, they trust in something outside themselves, and they're unhappy. Those, those are my favorite people, because if they're trusting in something outside themselves, uh, there might be something they're not letting go and letting something else help lead them. They might still be, like I talk about the cage of control. They might still feel like they're in control, but they believe in a God or they believe in something else when, um, I don't know, it's just another relationship, Will. So if you had a relationship and you're super controlling, how will that relationship turn out? <laughs> Not very well. Absolutely. So why would it be the, any different with a God or the, the universe or spirituality? So those, I find those the most fascinating conversations because at least they're not putting it all in themselves in those situations. And it's okay if other clients are. And they don't have any type of faith type background. Um, and we talk about that too, how they're caging themselves. But when they trust something outside of themselves, there's at least a little light we can reach for. Like, so where's the trust in that? Right. And that's what makes it really deep and fascinating. Because, um, you know, spirituality and religion, they could be old wounds. We're taught to, you follow this very direct path oftentimes. And if you veer off of it, you're not trusting God. But um, I, I don't know if those paths are necessary for all of us um if you're trusting that a path will unfold in front of you versus this is the set one yeah have you ever turned someone down like listen greg honestly i heard you out and like i just i just i don't think i'm the right person for you honestly i just don't think you need a life coach does that ever happen um i haven't turned anybody down but i've had um i think of a couple of men and i don't mean to pick on men but again men can be very stoic and like don't get too close and we're very it, stubborn <laughs> men are very stubborn yeah they're very protected and yes. I again I was for a long time too that um I haven't turned anybody down initially but over time I just I've said you know I think unless we look at this certain thing we've come as far as we could go mm. or I've had people where it's gotten too close to something I remember one woman that I was coaching you know probably our fourth or fifth call and I asked some sort of question and she and we, we were talking about health and how, how she wanted to lose weight and um, feel better health-wise. And out of nowhere, we had not talked about her relationship before, but out of nowhere, she says, I think I know what I need to do. And I just said, and what is that? 
She said, I think I need to get a divorce. Hmm. And Will, I sat there because we had not hmm. talked about any of this before. And I just said, how are you feeling right now? And she says, you know, and all the feelings, not just one, like, oh, it's confusing, you know, confusing, scared, enlightening. And she never showed up again. So hmm. I don't know what happened to her, but I, as a coach, I don't take that as a failure. It was we came as far as we could go. She might not be willing to face that or look at that right now. And that's okay. She, but she knows that she put it at least out there. So a little light can get on it. It might grow however it grows. But, um, but yeah, I don't initially turn anybody down just in the process of people. It's hard work and it's, it, it could take a lot of bravery and strength. Cause again, when you work on yourself, relationships, situations, patterns, all those things, may crumble around you and feel very unfamiliar and it can be, feel very uncomfortable. But um, that's when you have to trust something outside of those things for the good life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's the most important relationship you're going to have, the one with yourself. And it's, it's one that's ever changing. It's one that's ever, it's a love hate relationship. You mean it, that's his part of life. Um, yeah. So let's move on to the audio series. Cause the audio series is very interesting. I've, I've met a lot of life coaches who do and do not have podcasts, but never someone who has their own audio series. So why an audio series as opposed to like, I guess an audio book or even a podcast? Yeah. Uh, I don't like to direct people on what I think they should do with their life. Um, I don't like to quote other, I mean, I, I love learning from books. And obviously I'm like, all of us are just walking greatest hits of things, every experience and everything we've read. But in my experience, storytelling is almost a sideways way to bring in a new concept. Mm. And in this way, do you remember being in kindergarten or first grade or even younger than that with your parents where your parents or a teacher would read a book to you? Yes. Okay. And you, you at least get, you get to figure out your imagination, you know, unless the, the teacher shows you pictures you get to use your imagination to picture what your version of the character looks like, what the circumstances yep. and the surroundings look like. And while I like to create some of that with at least the sound effects that I am very picky about and the music that I, um, that I co-produce with my studio engineer, I, I, I do that to invoke a certain feeling for the stories, but I want people to be able to get into the stories themselves because even if during one five to 10 minute story, they get out of their head and into kind of the big picture of life, like somebody else's situation, they're going to find options and choices that they get to make by hearing that. And some of the stories end with kind of mysterious. Some of them, they're not all happy, you know, like, like motivation, inspiration can also be like a drug we hit, feel good for a while. But I like, I really, really think it's important to get people to think and feel their own lives while hearing other people's stories. So I believe in storytelling. And I think a lot of audio books it can be a lot of information um, and, and podcasts can be someone talking at you or mm. even talking with you through conversations with other people. But to me, storytelling is just a, it's an ancient, but also very, very effective way of getting ideas out into the open. Okay. I can, I can rock with that. It is, I mean, podcasting is a form of storytelling. Don't get me wrong, but sure. you're, 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 part, you're audio series, excuse me, is very, it's very well produced. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, this is, this is, this is the real deal. Like the music, the sound effects, the editing, like you can tell it's, it's, it took a lot of time. It took a lot, probably a lot of money to yes. make. So I, I can definitely understand um, 
the idea of putting it behind a paywall. So I'm not not criticizing that at all because it is it is a very impressive piece of work, and I do I do appreciate the storytelling angle because I I I'm a storyteller. I'm definitely I can definitely consider myself a storyteller, and I do one day want to do the level of production you do with the audio series, a thousand percent. Um, so I guess how would you describe it? In what's the elevator pitch for the uh, for the audio series? Uh, the elevator pitch is these are basically um, transformational, self-improvement audio stories that empower the busy, those of us that are restless, and those of us that feel stuck. I empower them with fresh choices. Okay. And I will say, too, that it's, it's fun self-help that gets you out of your head and into the big picture of life. So who's the target audience? Um. Anybody that, like, I always talk about people being busy because we, again, a cage of priorities, a cage of schedules, a cage of um, things we think we should do, obligations, I guess is a good word for it. People that feel really, really busy and not that they, like, you could be sad about that, you could be upset about that, but know that there's something out there for them, but they don't know how to get out of the, the roles and the things they agree to. And I also say, like, people that feel restless, like, kind of itchy. Like there's more to life than um, just feeling good at the bottom of a glass of something, um, you know, turn into sex for something like all of the ways that we, we cope and we use drugs, uh, things that we make us feel good and the instant gratification pieces that there's just this little voice or a little itch that tells you there's something more. Um, and then people that I hear from a lot of, a lot of people, like I feel stuck in my situations when I hear these, sometimes it, brings on conversations that they have with their significant other or other people, sometimes even for that moment while they're driving in their car and listening, it, it makes them feel like they're not in their head. They're not feeling stuck in those moments. So the busy, restless, and stuck are for the who they are. Because when I first started, you know, talking about these albums and marking them, I'm like, they're for everybody. And I still believe that they are. Everybody will get something from them. But I, I pinpointed down to those three was were the themes I kept hearing when doing, you know, market research interviews with people who enjoyed the albums yeah and, you know saying yeah. saying oh it's for everybody it's like well yeah duh but like it, it needs it needs to be more targeted like, this podcast is for anybody who has or is interested in selling a podcast right because like i like to talk to people who are interesting in stories and storytellers and you know some some must be the biggest podcast solution this one's just people i find interesting that's just this 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 is a me podcast right this is for me a lot of podcasts for me i podcast very selfishly uh the ambiguous podcast solution is for people who have or are interested in starting a podcast but my target audience is podcasters. They, yeah. they can listen to me like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Or they can listen like, oh, that's a great idea for a podcast. I'm going to start something similar. So yeah. you definitely like, but yeah, anybody can listen to it. You want anybody to listen to it. But it, I, like that, I like that it is a little more targeted. So whose idea was it? I'm assuming it was yours. But how did this idea come about? And how did you get started? Oh, man. Dude, I the idea came when I was when I was about two years out of coaching, I had a client roster that was full. I had group coachings going. I had so many ideas. I was just busy, busy, busy. One of my target audiences. Yeah, I say busy. Yeah, so target audience is yourself. That's good. You make content for yourself. That's perfect. I love it. I think, yeah, I think any artist is really, that's their way of communicating to the world. Yes. How they feel inside. Yes, yes. But I, I eventually, um, in all that busyness, I ended up coming down with mono for nine months. And I was just, exhausted and sleeping all the time. And then, um, I was always a very creative kid, very creative. 
I love to make music with my mouth and I love to write and tell stories. Right. Um, I don't know why I said, write Like you're supposed to know this, but, uh, and then in the middle of that mono, when I was forced to slow down, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a story idea sitting out there. And I realized that in all the business busyness and me chasing the things that I thought were shiny and sounded like a good idea, it was slowing down to let something catch up to me. So I started doing meditation on a daily basis after the mono to purposely slow myself down. And because I created that quiet space in my life, I'm not saying the stories always came through meditation, but I created those open pockets that I'd be out jogging and or working out and all of a sudden a story I do would pop in and, and I'd run for a pen and yep. write it down. And then they started coming in. And then, um, and then again, when I told you that after I wrote the first set of 16 stories, I was, you know, asking people, can I read these two? Like, yeah, just send them over. And when they told me that they, uh, that they want to read them instead, I'm like, I, I can't, they're supposed to be heard. They're supposed to be heard by me. I have no idea what that means. And then, um, so I started literally asking the universe, like, I know these are supposed to be an album. Show me what to do. And I was working at this terrible, terrible job in 2015. Just, it was an awful place that uh, there was about 10 of us there and our boss never let us talk to each other because time is money and we had to always be doing stuff. So I never got to know the front desk person. Um, a super nice guy that I knew ran some underground film, film festival in Minneapolis. So I didn't just like, how the hell with it? Like I'm on lunch. I just asked him what he does. And I told him what I was looking for, what I, what I wanted to do. And then he put me in touch with the um, Institute of Production Recording, um, a recording studio in downtown Minneapolis. And I talked to the, the director there who he would take their fourth year students. They would give me a discount on the studio just because they were still students, even in their fourth year, but, um, but they would create a really, really professional piece. And I just thought like, okay, that's a good option. And then a couple months later, I'd, I'd been sending out emails for months and at the 297th email I sent out just asking people in the production world, like, is anybody interested in a project like this? If I recorded demos, do you know who you could link me to? I had this guy reach out to me and just said, I'm your guy. And I was like, how do you know that? He's like, I went to the Institute of Production Recording. So again, a sign, like, okay, I'm back to that studio. And he's like, and I've always wanted to work on something like this. He's like, let me do a story for free for you. Um, you tell me what you want the story to sound like, what kind of sound effects and music. I'll, I'll create that and let me know what you think. And then it was off and running. Like he created it. I hired him. And then we started um, after we created four or five demos that I was sending out everywhere didn't hear anything back. And I just told him like, I think you and I have to actually create the, the actual albums, not demos to send out to places to see if I can get a, some sort of contract. And here we are, you know, uh, now it's six years later, he's still my studio engineer and we, he has a recording studio in his home now because of COVID after that, yep. um, all, all happened. And, um, yeah, so just kind of following the, the trail of breadcrumbs that life leaves for us if we are open to it and listen to it. So the, he's a, he's a business part of this studio. Uh, he actually owns the studio and what's, what's the name of it? Give it a shout out. The studio. Yes. It's just Christopher Sleto studios. I, uh, I'll get it. I'll get it from you afterwards. I'm going to Google it. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to Google yeah. it afterwards for sure. Um, okay. So you, you, that's, that's crazy. That's great. So you have, you have this from the ground floor, you have this guy who has a studio, which is the biggest, most important piece to making an audio series. Right. And like, he didn't have one at first. Like we used the, the school's studio and he had access to it because he was a former student that graduated. 
Um, but then COVID hit, he's like, I just bought the microphone. We got it all set up and, and, um, and then he's a brilliant musician. Like he mm-hmm. does, I would say he did 90% of the music on the first album and probably 60 to 70% on the additional albums. And now I, I have lots of musicians I work with now to create different sounds and, um, you know, the different people you bring in, you'll get a different product, each story for each album. So, but yeah, I, yeah, just hunting, hunting down what I, what I was meant to do and, um, took a long time and a lot of work, but anything that's, anything that's great does. So it's not, it's not, it's not finished, right? I believe you said earlier, it's going to be eight parts. Yeah. Seven or eight albums. I'm slowly chipping away at the fourth while really great things have been happening. The third one just came out. uh, It's called doors and windows that just came out on, uh, at the end of May. And now I've been doing, you know, shows like this, uh, a radio show that I recently did. And, um, now, right now, as we speak, my, I've got ads on this big uh, radio station in Kansas that are, that are filtering, um, all day for the, for quarter four of 2021, which has been exciting. I'm like, somebody can listen, be hearing my voice and my ad right now as we're talking. And so big things are coming. So I've kind of, um, Again, chipping away at album four while I work on marketing and get really getting these out into the world. And man, if you want to advertise, advertise on podcasts. That's my that'll be my biggest advice to you because even though you don't do a podcast, um, your your audio series is very similar to a podcast. People who listen to podcasts are damn sure gonna listen to this. And I don't want to pay for it because podcasts are free, but sure, the, the audience is there. I I do think it's worth paying for personally because I have listened to a, I have you have a few things on SoundCloud first of all where the, where can where can they buy it where can they find it where can they sample it Yeah, so if you go to um, iTunes, you know it's not on Apple Music, so you'd have to go into the the I think it's just that what the little purple star on your iPhone. You can go to iTunes and type in the name just Mike James now, um, Mike James everything or Mike James Doors and Windows. It'll pull up the albums, but on Amazon, um, it'll pull up all three albums. The easiest way to go there is my website is mikejamesnow.com yep. and it'll have sample stories you could listen to. And then that'll take you right to Amazon to, you can either buy the physical copy, like I forget to sell old school CDs. Oh, or classic. Eight. Yep. Cause I, I personally want to hold one in my, at least one in my hand, but I'm finding, you know, that certain people still love to have the physical product. And of course the MP3, the downloadable versions of the albums, but just go to mikejamesnow.com. That's the easiest way to get them. I highly recommend everyone go at least listen to listen to one or two of them because they are they are very interesting. They're all very different. You're not going to know what you're going to get. Um, like a box of chocolates. But I want to break it down album by album. So album one is now, which you yep. describe as there's a single word that can change your life. There's only one piece of perfection that, that exists. That's a truth about obstacles in our lives. There's a certain cage we all lock ourselves in. So right. what's the reason for the name now? So, uh, in the middle of the story, I call it the heart of the album, in the middle of the album, I should say, there's a story that I believe is the heart of the whole entire album. It's, there's a story called now a story about a dog and how I was watching my sister's German shepherd one day. And I was just so enthralled by, he had nothing else going on other than studying my face was right in the moment, had no distractions. And so I wrote a story about a little baby German shepherd who was separated from his mom, but the lady next door took him. So he'd run to the fence and ask his mom advice. Like, why does a human always stare at that clock on the wall? The mom gives him advice and he goes in and does his dog thing. And it's a, it's a story here that from a lot of people that they make, that story makes them cry. Um, so on the cover of that album is my sister's actual German shepherd, but it's with that dog's presence staring right at you. But the story's just about right now, 
It's all we ever have. Life is not, there's no months, there's no weeks, there's nothing. I know we put that in human terms, but life is just a, one long right now. Yeah. So that's the name of that album. I was, I was talking to someone right before we did this interview, and um, he was saying, you know, there is no past, there's only memories. And I was just yeah. like, when, you, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, yeah. what, are, what do the bullet points mean? So I, I read off the bullet points that are, that, are, um, under, that are under the album on your website. So there's only a single word that can change your life. There's only one piece of perfection that exists. What, what, do all, what does all that mean? Those bullet points mean they're actual, they're stories. Those bullet points just kind of highlight some of the stories. If you're intrigued by the one word that could change your life, there's a story on that album for that. If you're intrigued about the obstacles on our paths of life and when you're following your dreams, there's the truth about obstacles that maybe often aren't talked about. There's a story about that. Um, there's a story about there's, you know, a lot of humans like I'm a perfectionist or, you know, there's nothing, this world sucks. There's nothing perfect. There is one perfect thing um, in the entire universe. And there's a story about that as well. So those are bullet points on, um, just if, if they intrigue you, just know that there's a story on that album about that subject or topic. Yeah, I do. I do love now because you have you have to live in it now, especially like running a business. Like um, some of my business partners, they're very focused on the future. Like, oh, what's your number? We're gonna sell when we go. It's like no, I'm, no, stop, stop it now. Yeah. Think yeah. of the now. What are we doing now? If you don't right. do now, there is no later. So, it's so true. Yeah, that's I, I mean, but then again, I, I like having a business partner who thinks so much in the future. He thinks four steps ahead. I think now he thinks three steps ahead. We, when we play chess, it's very evident. We love playing chess against each other. I'm thinking now one move ahead. He's thinking about how he's gonna how he's gonna checkmate, and he usually wins. <laughs> sure. So let's I guess we'll call a spade a spade. Um, but album two, everything the question mark. So there's a vital piece. There's a vital piece parents pass on to their kids. There's a hidden gem when tragedy strikes. There's a truth about the control we all seek. There's a way to face the darkness within. Now, I think this is going to be my album because it's a vital piece your parents pass on to their kids. A thousand percent. I got it from my mom. I got it from my dad. There's a hidden gem when tragedy strikes. That's hitting rock bottom. I remember my rock bottom. It sucked, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. There's a yeah. truth of the control we all seek. I don't know what that means. You'll break it down. And there's a way to face the darkness within, and God damn it, that's the truth, and everyone does it differently. So what's, yeah. what's the reason behind the name Everything, and why the question mark? Yeah. So without giving too much away, um, the album is titled Everything, question mark, and then the very last story is titled Everything. No question mark. So the, the, last the last story on the album answers that question, but if you look at the cover of that album, it's, it's an eye. And people have told me before, like, why is such a creepy album cover? I'm like, what do well, you I, I love it. It's right behind you. I can see it over your shoulder. Yeah, it's right here. And love I, it. I, I, it's gorgeous. I, Whose eye is it? Thank you. Uh, it's my significant others. Uh, although he has uh, brown eyes, so I had to have it altered because if you look, the actual pupil is the earth. Oh, that's gorgeous. So it's like an eye, eye in the sky, but on the earth. And it's, um, yeah. And this album is, um, I don't want to, like the first album is, um, there's some playful aspects to it. And this album goes a little bit deeper, still playful. You know, there's a story about, uh, you know, a squirrel, you know, and um, a birthday cake. But this album goes a little bit deeper into 
kind of more psychological and um, pulling ourselves out of that. There's a three-part story called The Case of the Missing Man, um, Oceans and Rivers, and Misty Mountaintop that is about um, someone who's going missing in their life, and they're depressed. And, um, you know, most of the stories probably are about five to ten minutes long. They stand alone. You're not going to miss anything if you, you know, listen to them out of order. But there is a three-part series that is um, deep and, you know, and, and – some of the music uh, on that album, like one, one piece of music, I think I cried the first 10 times I heard it because it, it's just phenomenal. So that one gets a little bit deeper. But what makes you think that that might be your album, just out of curiosity? It's, it, it's something that speaks to me. Like, like The Cage spoke to me. It's something, I had to, it's something I had to read again. It's something I had to stop and read again because, honestly, it reminds me of high school. And for me, high school was the worst time of my life. I was oh. one of those kids who just had a very, very hard time in high school um, where I lost my identity and I had to find a way to build it back. And when I hit bottom, it took me so long to build it back. Yeah. But once I did, it was just like, you know, you look back and you go, you know, that made me stronger. That made me better. And that is, that's the hidden gem with tragedy, it gave, it made me, it led me to here. It led me to this podcast. It led me to APS. It led me to who I am. It led me to find my identity behind a microphone. And a vital piece your parents pass on to you, you know, my mom is the strongest person I've ever met in my life. And she, her weaknesses are my weaknesses. Her strengths are my strengths. So she passed on that weakness, which turns into my strength. Yeah. Um, and there's a way to face the darkness within. Sometimes the way you face that darkness is face to face. So sometimes I'll take a day where I just need to stare myself in the mirror. I just, I need, I need to just think and just be myself and just be in deep thought. And, you know, sometimes that's where the best ideas come from. Cause that's when I decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do because I live in the ebbs and flows. I have my highest of highs and I still have my lows where I'm in this funk. And you're like, I'll text, I'll text my girlfriend. It's like, listen, like, I'm, just, I'm in a funk right now. I'm upset. I'm mad. I don't know why. There's nothing I can do about it. And it's, I have to wait for it to pass. Because again, emotions, yes. are, emotions are temporary. There's nothing I can really do. I do think to try and cheer me up. I hang out with my friends. I play some video games. I watch Titanic. Like, whatever. But it's still, Titanic's my favorite movie. It's hilarious. Um, but it still just doesn't go away. So there's a way to face the darkness within. And sometimes that's just to sit, to sit down and wait. Dude, if, if we are moving so fast and our thoughts are racing, number one, if we're moving so fast, we miss a lot of the scenery. Yep. Number two, if, we're, if our thoughts are racing and super, super loud, how are we supposed to hear the next step? But if we sit down and shut the hell up for a little while, even and when it's most uncomfortable, when you're feeling the saddest or the most angry or the most forlorn, that's the most important time to do it. But typically, that's the time when people avoid it the most because it feels the most uncomfortable. But I'm going to tell you something, Will. Thank you for sharing your experience of high school because I have to tell you, after coaching over 900 people, some people are still caught back in high school and are too comfortable and have never changed from them. So they might have been comfortable. Yeah, we, are, we all know those dumbasses who peaked in high school, please. Uh, I dipped in high school, all right? I dropped in high school and came back up. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, no, I, I'm glad you asked because like, you know, Again, with with the with the the theme of being uncomfortable, right? Like I'm I'm in a position now as a business owner and as a man. I'm 26 years old, um, where I'm trying to tackle 
what makes me uncomfortable. It's like, okay, I'm a business owner. I need to learn sales. I hate sales. I hate selling people. It's like I hate putting on this face of I might like be not deceiving you, but I, I'm not. I'm not being authentic. Right, like sometimes like a sales call. If I'm like cold calling people, going on LinkedIn and messaging, hey, you need my, do you need my services? Right, it's like that's not me. Like sure. me, me is doing a podcast. So yeah, like some part of these podcasting is networking, networking tool. It's definitely a networking tool. Um, so it's a little more authentic. But you know, the idea of tackling the uncomfortable was something that stuck out to me. And we yeah. talked about before the podcast. This this little picture up here, American Minutes was a podcast I had to discontinue for multiple reasons. So I thought, okay, I have a hole here. What's my next podcast venture? And I thought, I'm going to do a solo show. And I don't do solo shows. Like, I was very stuck in my ways. As we said, men are stubborn. I was very stubborn saying, I am not going to do a solo show because I suck at them. I don't know what to say. I don't like the sound of my voice. And, like, it's not something I'm good at. It's not my comfort zone. So then I thought, okay, let me do a solo show. And lo and behold, I, I'm calling it The Comfort Zone. And the irony is that I'm doing something that makes me super uncomfortable to make it comfortable, to yeah. become comfortable. And I'm talking about, it's a podcast all about me. It's me telling my shared experiences, some stories, some funny things, stuff about the business. It's essentially my dear diary as a podcast that eventually I'm going to turn to my autobiography. Like Almost that's, like a memoir exactly. on the, on the air. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. And so that's, yeah. that was my planning. And it's super uncomfortable. I, and I don't, I don't have a set schedule. I record when I feel like it. So yesterday I did something because I was having doubts of should I release these things. I recorded eight of them so far as recording this, and I haven't released any of them yet. So I'm mm. thinking, do I release these? Because, listen, these things are very personal to me. Like, I, I mentioned my first episode, like, listen, like, you know, high school, I hit bottom. And eventually, I'm going to tell that story when I'm ready to tell that story. Um, but I'm just not there yet. And one day, I'll get there. But that's very personal to me. And, you know, I saw this story about this, this woman on TikTok who, like, had a baby. And she put pictures of her babies behind a paywall. And people were just bashing her over. And this girl's, this girl's 20, 19, 20 years old. And people online are just bashing her and praising her, and she has 21 million TikTok followers. I'm like, okay, you have potentially hundreds of thousands of people praising you and at the same time bashing you over the head for doing something that was personal to you. What does that do to someone mentally? And it's like, can I handle that? Can I physically handle that? And do I want to open myself up to that? Because if someone's listening to this podcast, talking with Tara Shook, or the ambiguous podcast solution, they give me positive, negative feedback. I can turn that off. I can turn that off from my brain. I cannot read it. I don't care. Like it, yep. hate it. It feeds the algorithm. Comments away. You hate on it, shit on it. You love it, praise it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But comfort zone, this the meaning of the podcast and doing something that's so uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone that's very personal, that's hard. That's it hard. If it's personal, and I'm not taking away the discomfort of it, but if it's personal, that means it's more therapeutic. Exactly. I will yes. say that. Yes, I'm not taking is. away that you you can totally feel uncomfortable and vulnerable and scared and um, terrified, whatever it is. But uh, if, yeah, if if it's personal, that means it's therapeutic and something's trying to get out into light. Again, on the third, the third album, Doors and Windows, there's a story called Silent Killer. There's a silent killer in almost every single home that we have out there. I can't give away what it is because I'm not giving away the story, but it's 
somewhat speaking to what we're talking about. Yeah, and you know, pot, I have an I have an um, I forget what it's called. Like the podcast stands for something. So a podcast is a personally oriented discussion um, centered around select topics. Podcast acronym. There it is. Acronym. Did so, you make that up? I did. So I like it. how how I cope with most things is I'm either in the shower or trying to fall asleep. That's where the best ideas come from. Sure. The, the one place you can never get a pen and paper. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was trying to fall asleep, and I had, okay, centered around select topics. I'm like, okay, okay, cast, that's good. What does the pod stand for? It's like, okay, P stands for personal, because all podcasts are personal. All art is right. personal. So, podcasts to me are very, very personal. So, personal. Discussion, duh. It's a discussion. So, like, what does the O stand for? What could the O stand for? I'm like, Orient. So I had to Google. What, I had to make sure Google what Orient means. You know, it's like focused around. It's like sure. Oriented. Nailed it. Then five minutes later, <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. So I've told that story thousands of times on this podcast. So sorry if you listen to it again. But you know, it 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 it's it's very it's very valuable information. So yeah, this this book in particular, everything. Yeah, that's that's essentially what it is. And it's a good segue to doors and windows. So there's a hunger inside our heads voices god damn right there is there's a deadly killer in every home i sure hope not uh there's a crucial need behind our public faces <laughs> oh that don't even get me started there's a behavior nature wouldn't consider all right break it down why'd you call it doors and windows uh because uh again there's a story called doors and windows on there um and as we build our lives and um, we put up our little walls to keep people out. And you're also stuck in there, by the way, in those walls. Um, that this album, maybe it's not trying to paint this room a different color to think a different way. Maybe it's not just rearranging the furniture in the same old room of your mind. Maybe you got to find a door or a window, open up and leave. Yeah, that's maybe true. It's not, maybe what your perspectives are and where you are keeping yourself um, within those walls are, if they're not working anymore, there's doors and windows everywhere trying to open up to you and you just have to either look through them or open them up and leave. So, um, yeah, that's why it's called doors and windows and, 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 and the, the album cover, sorry, the third album's on this wall over here. You can't see it, but I, I, I never thought I was going to be on my own album cover, but I wanted, when I talked about getting out of my own head, I hired a photographer, got a bunch of balloons and, um, I made it so she a big close up of my ear and I'm jumping out of the ear, like getting out of my head into whatever's blow with my shoe falling off. Pretend that these balloons might, might save me and my descent faster, but yeah. Love it. All right, Mike, uh, we could, we could talk for hours upon hours upon hours, but I know you do have a heart out and I will respect that heart out, but that just means I got to bring you back on. So whenever, uh, when's, when's, when's part four coming out? Any idea? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, how, how long does it take to produce? I, I, I didn't want to get into some te te technical questions, so I'll get, I'll get into one. How long does it take from beginning to end, writing, recording, post, and distribution? How long does that process take? Yeah, and just so you know, we, we still have another 10, 12 minutes if, if you have any more questions too. But thank you for honoring the time. The, the albums each, so the first two took two years to make. And this last one, because of the pandemic, I know and I, I have a heart for everybody who lost people that went through a hard time that, didn't deal well with being sequestered to home. For me, creatively, I had so much time to work on uh, album Three Doors and Windows that that one took a year and a half. 
And the fourth one is called Little Cracks of Light. So the characters in the first three albums, they have their little moments when they realize something, and it's going to be, there's going to be more stories on album four, but just shorter. But this one will probably take, I would guess, nine months to a year right now. It's probably a fourth complete, not including mixing and mastering the the final result. But um, I've got a lot of great music and musicians that have lined up to to get that ball rolling. So um, it's already in process, which is weird because album three just came out in May and it, without stopping and celebrating it, I, I just want when someone finds these uh, to have just so many hours of content yeah. to dive into and, and get swallowed up in. So I just keep, keep pushing out more. And, and I love it too. If it exhausted me, you know, marketing can be tiring sometimes, but um, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. It, we can say it. We're, we're creators. It's the worst. Yeah, necessary, but it's not yeah. my favorite thing. And yeah, yeah someone else does it. It's like Jared does, my business partner. He does all the marketing. I do all the content creation, all right? I do, I do the fun stuff. <laughs> Give it all to Jared, damn it. Yeah, you're doing the fun conversations. Good luck, Jared. But I, you know, but if I, I could create all day, every day, because it's, it's my, I, everything falls away when I'm writing. Everything falls away when I'm listening to a story and, you know, and picking up, like, this paragraph alone, these two minutes the emotion has to change and let's go use a minor key with whatever interested, whatever instrument we're using, turn to a minor key that sounds sad or dismal or depressing. Um, this has to sound inspiring almost. And I always use metaphors like picture a little kid looking at his mom. Let's start there. And if, you know, we, we always get it right in the end, but sometimes it takes a couple rounds to go back. Like not quite there yet. Save this music for another story. Cause I love it, but we need to get sadder. We need to get deeper here with the music, but, um, yeah, so yeah, nine months to a year, hopefully for for little cracks of light, which is crazy to even be thinking about right now. Hey man, train keeps rolling. As soon as one goes out, the other one the other one starts right in production. That's 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 the that's the that's the life we chose. We chose audio storytelling as a job. And you you go a step above and beyond me. Like, you know, I'm actually you know, I, I edit these myself. And the biggest podcast which I pass on to our studio editor and he does a lot better job than them. But that's a story for another day. Ladies and gentlemen. That is Mike James, audio storyteller. Incredible person. Mike, I really enjoyed this conversation. Honestly, did not expect it to go this way, but that is the joy and the glory of podcasting. I go left, you drag me right, and we meet in the middle. So anything else you want to say, anything else you want to add before we go? The floor is yours. Anything you want to plug, promote? All yours, my friend. Yeah, I just, it's so important. Like, we're such a unhappy unhealthy society that masks that we're all fine like if it's true we only live once none of us really know um like face everything in front of you your feelings doubt being brave anything you're scared about like face it all you deserve to like again if you're like you're 27 if you only have 50 60 good years left forever for all of eternity why would you not face everything in front of you because it's just going to be history anyway. And in a hundred years, all 110 years, I'll say to be safe, every single human walk on this planet will be flattened and a new breed comes up and you're gone. Yeah. So don't, don't wait for it. Like start that process now, whatever that looks like. And, and if my stories can help that in any way, just go to mikejamesnow.com and um, check out, check out the sample stories, see if they're for you. You'll love them. Uh, and you'll definitely gain new perspectives and, um, again, get you out of your head and into the big picture of life, which I don't know about you, but it, this is a lot smaller than the 
rest of the universe out there. No kidding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Mike James. And I, of course, am Will Tarashek, the Tarashek part of the Talk with the Tarashek podcast. Uh, if you like what I've done and what I do and what I say, head over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. That is the most important place to go to find all of the other interviews on Talking with Tarashek. Also, all my other other interviews, easy for me to say, that I do on the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. Also, the Kings of the Rings podcast, if you are a wrestling fan, that is a shirt I am wearing right now because, of course, I am. Um, all of our podcast partners can be found at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere podcasts can be found. We are ca- across 25 different podcast platforms internationally. Just go in and type in Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. But I'll be back next time talking to a brand new guest, talking about who knows what. That's the joy. That's the fun because I live in the now. See what I did there, Mike? I live in the now. Boom. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. You got it. You got it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time and just keep enjoying the world, whatever that world is for you. <laughs>